0: Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show right here, 9 to 11, 92.9 FM, ESPN, on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's it going?
2: It's good. I
0: uh, want to, as a public
2: service, I want to uh, I tell the people that, what do you call the, uh, the part of 240 that actually curves back and goes through the city there? You know, not on the outside, but the part that goes through near the Union Avenue exit. Is there, is there a name for it? I don't know. A I mean, I don't big ass traffic jam there that I was just (laughs) caught in. That's what I want to report from the road as a public service. Uh, It seemed to be getting cleared, so maybe. But I was, I was stymied there briefly. Okay, Uh, are you back?
0: You're back at the house, though,
2: or where are you at? No, I'm on. I am on that. I'm back. I was was picking up the dogs from being groomed. Yep. And so I got the dogs with me. I'm in the car. I do. I didn't learn my lesson. Like the I was recently, as you know up by the constabulary for talking on the phone with the phone to my ear. Yes. And I vowed at that time to start talking on speaker in the car, but it just feels like the quality won't be as good. So I'm, I'm holding up to my ear and uh, I'm breaking the law. Okay. Uh, and and I, but that's, that's where we are. I got the dogs in the minivan.
0: Headed home, so we'll have the dump button ready. Is that that what you're telling us? In, in case in no, case I those blue I'll, lights hit you.
2: I, I don't think I'll, if I see the blue lights, if I see any police nearby, I'm just going to put discreetly put the phone down, and uh, and so there. Yeah, I have a different plan. I have an escape. I have a sca- escape route planned.
0: But, anyway, but, uh, you, by do, the way, do, Jeff,
2: Jeff, Jeffy, and I were talking about today on the because did you watch the Johnny Manziel?
0: I think I, I I didn't I didn't get to watch through the whole thing. I saw I saw bits and pieces. I'm gonna go back and watch the whole thing tonight. I I was no. hard knocks was my big watch.
2: Right. I haven't watched it yet either. So uh but <laughs> but that doesn't stop me from having opinions, let's be honest. Uh I'm a radio talk show host. <laughs> yes, so, come on. Um so my fundamental opinion on a lot of this stuff is I mean, I was reading the previews of it and it said you know, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was addicted to this. He was addicted to that. He was, you know, talking about all his troubles. And to me, the one of the things that struck me that was a little bit analogous to Ja is when people make ridiculously stupid decisions like Johnny Manziel did many times mm-hmm. and like uh, Ja did, a lot of times you want to say, what are they thinking, you know? Yeah. Well, well, what could they possibly have been thinking? As if the the, the the holding a gun up in the air or pick your Johnny Manziel act of stupidity was the product of you know making a pro and con list. Yeah. And uh, here are the reasons to put the gun in the air. Here are the reasons not to put the gun on Instagram. And no, a lot of times when people do really stupid things, it's because they are they're in a moment in their life where for whatever reason, they're not behaving rationally right. because of mental illness or because of addiction or because of whatever else it is. And I think the Johnny Manziel stuff is an example of that. Like Johnny Manziel was going through a series of crises. And I'm not saying he wasn't responsible for it, but it wasn't why did Johnny Manziel do that stupid stuff? Well, he, cause he wasn't thinking rationally. Yeah. But anyway, in the context of all of this, um, Jeffrey said that he thinks one reason, again, and I'm not saying that Jaws issues are the same as Johnny Menzel's at all. Like Johnny Menzel was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, whatever. So that's a, but, but there are some, some similarities. They, they rose from basically obscurity, like a rocket ship, right, mm-hmm. to, to, to incandescent fame. Didn't seem necessarily to have handled that well. But the question was, why has Jaw flourished and Johnny just fell flat on his ass, really? as an NFL quarterback. And Jeffrey said, well, one reason is it's a lot easier to play point guard in the NBA than quarterback in the NFL. Wow. And, indeed, it's easier to do anything than play quarterback in the NFL. You can actually, I think, be a reasonably effective small forward, take it away from Josh for a minute, in the NBA, prolific score or whatever, as things in your life are going wrong and you're not completely locked in on basketball or whatever it is, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: it's impossible as a quarterback. Yeah, like, Don't you believe that? Like, you have to be locked in. You have to know the play. Like, there is a level of study and a level of dedication I, yes. that is required unlike any other position.
0: But I still think if you're there? a point guard in the NBA, there's a, there's a level of study and work you have to show that Johnny Manziel just never did compared to Ja. And, like, exactly. I, I just I, – like, the, the fact – and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later when I when I get into the blitz. But the fact that Johnny had an iPad and watched That's That's no film, stuff. 0.00 <laughs> hour, like what? Like, yeah, I mean, that guy. Listen, amazing. and not everybody like when I played. I, not not everybody has to be like me. I was a film nerd. I watched five or six hours a week. But to watch none and not even yeah, fake, not, not even fake like you're watching any is insane to me. And it also shows but- like. I think Ja at this time actually, and it's very clear, this is another part of it. I think he cares about the outside view of him, I, very much so. Like he, when it comes to Twitter, he just pays attention to all the comments and he gets caught up in them at sometimes and he just he gets annoyed and, and, and beside himself with the outside view of, of what he looks like right this second. I don't think Johnny Manziel ever had that worry in his mind. He was worried about himself. And he didn't really care what anybody thought of him, including the guys that controlled his livelihood, the people at the top of the organization, the GM, the coach, anybody in that front office. I don't think he actually gave a damn what they thought.
2: Well, two things. One is the, the story about the iPad is just tremendous. The Browns <laughs> right. had this iPad, and they could tell how much he was on the iPad looking at film. And the answer was, Zero minutes. <laughs> it
0: was like Jeff and I, I. I don't want to ruin my segment for later, but you can. Uh, you know. You know how easy it is to fake like you're watching. A show? I,
2: oh, I imagine totally. Like you can I mean, fake like, it. Yeah, as, as a kid, you faked all kinds of stuff. Yes. Like you. I mean. You know. Like you. you sure, mom. I did my homework. Or I did my practice. I ate I my vegetables while they're while you fed them to the dog. In my pocket. Yeah. Whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. So yes, if you you clearly can can set that up. So yes. Um, yeah, and I, I, again, I'm not saying they're the same person by at all. Right. Uh, that's not the point. The, the the I guess my larger point was some of this is like mental illness is mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of it isn't like Johnny just in a in a totally rational, free thinking way just deciding I'm not going to care what people think and I'm going to do these massive amounts of cocaine or whatever the hell he was doing or whatever. No, it was Johnny being out of control, addict, bipolar. You know, mental. You know, like and and I that that's the only way to explain a lot of this stuff. It's not by rational selfishness or even not that there couldn't have been some selfishness involved, but that it's, it really is, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, it sounds like mental illness. And, um, and so anyway,
0: it's <laughs> did we lose Jeff? I think we lost Jeff. We're going to have to get the, Jeff. Oh, there he is. The there team. he is. We got him back. Yeah. So I don't want to happen there. Yeah. I I, I lost you. Did, did you have something else to say? <laughs> we lost you there. I for a I don't know where you lost me. Anyway, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. where you lost me. Yeah, yeah. I got. I'm, you. Moved, I'm well, ready uh, for the next topic. Well, with that, with that, Johnny, with with Johnny Manziel's doc, you did. Did you did you tune into episode one of Hard Knocks?
2: I watched episode one of Hard Knocks. Okay. I did not watch the Johnny Manziel. Right. Thing. but yeah. uh, Hard
0: Knocks. Did were you were you impressed with this the new and improved Aaron Rodgers? I thought it was really good. I, re- I
2: really did. I thought it was really good. Um, and obviously. You know, the point of the show is to show the new, improved Aaron Rodgers to some extent. But, you know, originally there was, there was let's be clear, there was a school of thought that, hey, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go along with this because Aaron Rodgers only likes to do things where he has complete control and he'll, you know, no. he's, he's going to avoid the camera. And no, it was the Aaron Rodgers show.
0: Yeah, and well, he has complete control of that. I mean, he's yeah. on the headset. Yeah. He's telling Zach Wilson where to throw the ball. Yeah, Mike. He, no. Mike, he looked totally into it. Now, would he have
2: looked as into it if he hadn't have been Mike? I think so. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I wasn't even very cynical about it watching it. I thought he was likable and yeah, and um, and I thought it was compelling. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um. I, and yeah, go ahead.
0: I, I was gonna say, like, I, I just look at his his sort of style and how he goes about his business, and honestly, it impressed the hell out of me. Like, they, they they really, they're giving him the the keys to everything. Like, he wasn't getting with the Packers. He's just re-energized. Like, that's all I could really take away from the whole thing.
2: And I think that's natural. Like, when you are in a, you know, I, 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 I feel sometimes a little cheesy using relationship metaphors. Metaphors, right? Yeah. Like, just come on. Like, really, it's nothing. Right. It, but it is just true. If you are in a relationship and it goes bad and for whatever reason, at the end, there's resentment on both sides and whatever else. He's talking about this. I'm like, like the first date with someone else, It's you're on your best yeah. behavior, yeah. You know? like, yeah. it feels like, Oh, this is great. And now if, if in 10 years you check back, might there be some resentments that have built up or some things that irritate someone about the, that, that irritate the Jets about Aaron Rodgers or about Aaron Rodgers about the Jets? Yes. I imagine so. So I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is suddenly a someone who hasn't made mistakes in his life. Like I thought his reaction to the COVID stuff was just was, total BS. Yeah. Total BS. Like you know, um, too, too clever by half, thinking he could fool people and basically lie. And you know, it's just weird. And um, so I'm not absolving him from for past acts of stupidity or selfishness or anything else. Um, and is good in a. He's clearly capable of being a good teammate, so why wasn't he a good teammate last year? Like, whatever else. But be that as it may, I get it. Like, people, resentments build up. People are, you know, have grudges, and they have sometimes legitimate reasons for, um, you know, to be angry with someone or an organization or whatever else. So to get a new start, um, I think it's natural that he's embracing it the way he is, but I still think it's to his credit that he's embracing it the way he is. And the great thing is – is there's not going to be 10 years for resentments to pull up because, it's a, you know, it's probably a two-year deal, I imagine, right? This is right. probably a two-year thing. Yep. He's obviously redone his deal, his contract, in such a way that you know it's going to be two years and not just one. But it doesn't have to last forever. It just has to be a great uh, end-of-the-career fling. And, uh, and that's what he's doing. And, and by all accounts, he's having fun with it. He's being a good teammate. But it was interesting how much Zach Wilson was 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 included in there, and and yep. no,
0: it's really good. And, it, 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 one thing I did see though, and then we'll move on after this. It, 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 there was a lot of people saying, "Well, this team's too in awe of Aaron Rodgers; it's hey. not going to work. They're way they're they're way too in awe of of him. He'll get in the way by the time this whole thing's done." I I, I the only thing I have to say is I want to know how much you buy into that, but also I, I it just came to my mind like. When Tom Brady went to the Bucks, I can't imagine they just treated him like one of the guys. I can't imagine they treated him like he was Taylor Heineke.
2: I, I literally, as soon as you said that, I was going to say the same thing. The same thing. When 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 a legend plunks down in your midst, you react, you know, appropriately. And right. but it doesn't mean that it, you know when they're when they're losing to the Bills in Week One that they're going. It's going to be because. Um, it's going to be because they're too in awe. Is one, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Like yep. I, I don't know whether it will work or not work. I think it probably will work because the defense is really good and and uh, you know and, and, and I and, and Aaron Rodgers is good and uh, <laughs> they have quarterbacks. play good now. And right. South Wilson, you know, is good and like they have they have good players on that team. Mm-hmm. They had good players, but no good quarterback. That's what they had, and now they have a good quarterback. So I imagine it will work. But if it doesn't work, I don't think it's going to be because someone is in awe of someone else. It'll be because maybe Aaron Rodgers just is, physically isn't you know isn't what he was, or because someone got injured, or because. Uh, yeah, it could be because the coaches aren't that good. Uh, that's possible. Right, I think yeah. the jury's out there. You know, I, I, don't you think the jury's out there? I don't yeah. think they've proven
0: anything. I mean, I, I like I like Salah. I, I think he's done really good things with that defense. But we'll see. We'll see what Hackett can do with this offense after that miserable showing with the Broncos. Like I think, yeah, jury's still out there, and I think that's and fair. And
2: as I as I exposed last week when I first heard about this crow and eagle metaphor. <laughs> breaks down completely it's complete fiction first of all okay gets... i was
0: gonna say i i didn't i didn't fact check robert salo on that oh well we did
2: we did we fact checked him <laughs> and uh we saw where he got it from uh, there's an in- there's a there the, the the metaphor is this in case anyone happened to miss this last night uh if you're an eagle when an eagle is attacked by a crow the crow gets on the eagle's back and pecks at the the crow gets on the back and pecks at the eagle, if you can believe it. And what the eagle does is the eagle isn't, isn't really even bothered by that crow. He just rises and rises and rises and rises in the air until the air becomes so thin that the crow just falls off because you can't worry about crows. You just continue to ascend in this world and be your best eagle self, and the crows <laughs> will just fall off. Well, okay, so that's the, that's the metaphor, yes, right? And he's, yes. he's, he's telling his people to be eagles, not crows. Don't worry about the crows who are pecking at you. And perfectly, like if you're going to do that kind of metaphor, you've got to check it out. And Jeffrey <laughs> asked a very good question. If the, why wouldn't the eagle also be run, run out of air up there? Like the eagles need less air than crows? Like the, 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 what, what, what happens? The eagle ascends and supposedly there's, the air is so thin that the crow falls off. We think eagles need less air than crows. Why wouldn't the Why would the eagle also faint dead away at that, that? That's a football nonsense. nonsense.
0: Jeff, that's whole a fo- that's nonsense. a football coach. I'll tell you what. That is a football coach metaphor, though. I gotta love it. I gotta it love a, it.
2: It is a football with no not grounded in any in reality, reality. No fact. There is
0: actually now we continue to research
2: it, and crows will attack. Crows will attack um, eagles. Will attack eagles. That is true. And they'll often attack in groups, um, two or three crows. An eagle will be there over, you know, bothering a crow's nest or something or whatever. And the crows will, they'll gang up and they'll try to chase the eagle away. That happens. And then we even did see uh, a video of a crow on an eagle's back uh, for for roughly 0.7 seconds like that. We we saw that too, but the the eagle did not ascend into the upper level of the atmosphere at which point the crow (laughs) fell off. Just a stupid ass metaphor, which is, I guess, what you mean by when you say a football coach metaphor. So yes. uh, that's what it was. So um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, it, it, I felt good as I saw that last bit of nonsense last <laughs> night. It felt good to know that I'd already done the research on this and found it to be complete poppycock.
0: Talking with Jeff Calkins, our man John Martin wrote a uh, wrote a column for the Daily Memphian today saying. Um, he's a lifelong Memphian graduate of the University of Memphis. He's done wasting his time worrying on where the Tigers fit in to a power conference after seeing the ACC potentially court SMU. Are you in the, are you in the same category?
2: Uh, not necessarily. I I, 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 listen, I approve of anyone who decides to protect their heart by, through avoidance, right? Like, I do it all the time in in all kinds of ways, like not watching the Bills play. I, I care deeply about them, but I don't actually watch them because it hurts too much when they lose. So um, so if people want to – if John wants to gird his heart against what feels like at this point inevitable disappointment and the rejection of not getting into a – whatever we call them now, Power Four conference, yes. whatever the hell it's called now um, – I, I applaud that and whatever he's got to do, whatever he's got to do. Right. Yeah. I, and, and is it sensible? Sure. It's also like, yeah, I, I think it's a totally sensible thing to not invest yourself in, in worrying about it, but it's also fine if you want to worry about it because it is important. Like I, I or not. the place where John loses me is he'll go to like today, he gets so down about things that he overreacts Yep. And so he went today to just let's let's shut down football.
0: Yeah, I talked about it off the top of the show.
2: It's just like, like I suppose, and here's the the problem with the argument is this. It's treating football as if its only reason for existence is to get into a Power 5 conference or Power 4 conference. That's not why we have, there's a football program. There's a football program. Because people enjoy football, because it brings people to the university. Right. Because <laughs> w- w- even on down years, you've got whatever, you've got twenty to 30,000 people Saturdays going to that stadium, building up connections to a university, et cetera. The whole football program wasn't, it was designed before there even was a Power Five or a Power Four. It was designed when the hell they were an independent. Yep. People like football. So I- if you have only ever viewed football through the prism of, is football going to get us into the Power Four or Power Five? Then I suppose, then there would be a reasonable argument to say, okay, fine. Then if if you've concluded that that will never happen, which which may or may not be a, a safe conclusion, then you could go to, okay, well then I guess it's time to shut down football. But I've never thought
0: of football as the only reason yep. that it exists is to any more than to so win of, national championships. Uh, so that's uh, not maybe, the yeah. that's not the view or either.
2: To win national championships. Here's the truth. Here's the sad, sad truth. Memphis is no more or likely to win a national championship. Yep. If they do get into a Power Four, or if they don't get into, it, they're not <laughs> going to win a national championship anymore. And you know who else isn't? Mississippi State. Yeah. You know, like you know, like none of these schools are going to win national championships. And so, if you, it's just not how they, how the, the, it works. Memphis can win a title, but the Memphis Tigers cannot win a national championship. Right. And so. So yeah, would it be better for all kinds of reasons for the com- competition for feeling like you belong for all sorts of things to be in a power four or a power five? yeah, for basketball schedule for all kinds of reasons it would be better. But the idea that you then go to, I'm just gonna well, shut it down is to me emotional and reactive. Yep. and honestly, it's someone who doesn't really care about the program to begin with because you really cared about the program as a program I agree. then you would not say that.
0: yep. I, I, but like my two points that I made off the top of the show is one. If if this is about a reaction to the college football playoff potentially going to just like uh, top twelve teams, group of fives left out, they've never had access to a national championship ever in football. It's just it's not it's not real. You you already covered that. The other part of this is okay if you want to shut down football and put all your eggs in the in the basketball basket. How much different is that than what it's been? How much different is that I mean, right now? Last year, Memphis basketball was top twenty in spending no other group of five school was even close right like no other no other non power i think his argument would be
2: basketball makes money right like basketball or at least breaks even so it's not a drain on the university you're enjoying basketball it's succeeding at at a at a decent level um you have a chance to compete at a national level you could be top 20
0: not guaranteed basketball. though always
2: not guaranteed but right. you have a chance and so whereas football loses money which is true and mostly because there's many more scholarships. That's the biggest reason they lose money. Um, but and because you have to account for those scholarships as you do this. Although the truth matters, it's not real dollars. It's just mm-hmm. scholarship money. Um, it's 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 money that you're not collecting from these students. But it's not. anyway, so I think that would be the argument. But I, you know, whatever. Like I, I, I just it, it, here's the truth: is it's not real. Like there's no chance in the world that they're getting they're dropping football. Right. And I I've always found it to be. I mean i this argument popped up. There's several arguments that irritate me and have always irritated me. One is the Grizzlies leaving, which you used to hear all the time when they had just arrived, and another one was the drop football, which we used to hear all the time and then they got and i, I was like hey, back then I was saying that's stupid they're not they they're, they're they're not chopping football. people like football, you know yeah. people like going to the games. It creates a sense of community. It's fun on Tiger Lane. it's like yeah and um. And, and who knows they can, and back then I would say they can be better than they have been. And sure enough, they became better than they have been. And I, so I don't, the truth of the matter is it's not worth spending that much time batting the argument down. Cause the only one really making it is John. Yeah. And, and I really think for John, it's born more of.
1: Frustration.
2: And emotionalism and frustration. Yeah. yeah. It's not really anything about anything against football or whatever
0: else. Just, I hear you. It's. I'm being disappointed. I hear you. Now, last thing we all are. Uh (laughs) Yeah, last thing for you. What did you think of this? uh, Pin partnering with ESPN to create ESPN Bet. I like my first thought is they're going to corner the market, the betting market, in a lot of ways. Obviously, DraftKings and FanDuel will still have their users and everything else, but ESPN Bet's going to be massive, and it looks like it'll launch this fall.
2: Yeah, I don't have a great feel for that. I mean, I saw. I mean, obviously, ESPN can blanket. You know, can can and 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 evidently, my man Fishman said today that the stock's doing very well. ESPN is is up today, like so people like it, which sort of suggests that people think it's going to work. Um, and DraftKings people, down
0: overnight as well.
2: Yeah, other people have pointed out that. Well, I, it's not like ESPN hasn't had failures. They had—I I don't even remember—they had ESPN phone at some point, and they had. <laughs> They've like, had ESPN failures, has, yes. has not succeeded at everything, um, uh, so I don't—I don't really have a sense of it. Like John says, Ken was not a great betting site. Didn't think they gave him great odds, and, and savvy, savvy betters mm-hmm. like better odds. Sam Hardiman was on and said, "No, no, that." I don't really have a sense of it. I think what's really interesting to me just generally is is that in this day of cord cutting, um, ESPN is kind of screwed. <laughs> and even if this is successful, it's sort of, you know, it's like giving the captain of the Titanic a bucket of water because in the end, ESPN has been this massive success and money machine because everybody who has the basic cable package you know gives whatever is paying six ninety five or eight ninety five or whatever it is real money to e s p n and as the cord cutting continues and the cord cutting continues and the cord cutting continues, they're just going to keep making less money than the year before, and that is a that is a tough recipe in in the world of business and yeah. so I don't know what's going to, befo- this is obviously an effort to like find some new income stream and, and, and who knows if it'll work. There are some who are cynical about whether, who, who say like, will people be, if Adam Schefter tweets out an injury report, right? right are we people- going to be, are people going to be worried that there's going to be hanky panky in terms of the timing of that report to, you know, to, to.
0: I think to, there's validity you know, to that.
2: Some. I just don't know how. It they, they would be. It would be like. It would be like people who say the NBA lottery is fixed. Like the downside would be so severe to doing that that I find it hard to believe someone would do that. Right? It well, would the, a,
0: like the shams report around the NBA draft. Do you remember that well, by that's chance? The thing. Yeah.
2: No. He said Scoot was going to go too right. and that moved the line. Right. It does. Like it, It's
0: a, It is a problem. And he works I mean, for Fanduel.
2: <laughs> it, right. So, oh, no, I mean, yes, that's a potential conflict. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how it works. But, Jeff, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. See ya. That's Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. Um, Jeff Calkins, show 9 to 11 on 92.9 FM ESPN. And also, you can follow all of his work, DailyMemphian.com. He is a columnist at the Daily Memphian. Now, Oxbow is a family-owned and operated retail store that's been making waves in East Memphis for over a decade. They have the best Memphis-themed gifts and tees, and they have the best... Tournament selection that you can find. And what I mean by the tournament, FedEx St. Jude Championship coming up this weekend. If you're going to be there on the ground Saturday and Sunday, go check out the Hush Y'all collection. They have hats. I have the hat on right now. They have shirts. They have polos. Get into Oxbow, 964 June Road, off Poplar on June Road, behind the Amico Station, and pick that up. And they have a great, friendly staff that will show you what you need to see. It's a two-story storefront. It is gorgeous, but they it's not all they have. I mean, the memphis theme distance, you get your favorite Tiger stuff, favorite Grizzly stuff, but they also have Vintage Vinyl. They have sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor gear for the adventurous souls. Get over there and check it out. And if you're also, you know, this weekend looking for a nice polo to get on uh, TPC Southwind grounds with, check out a couple of summer brands, Genteel, Free Fly, but they also have Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzenamay. and Maine. Again, 964 June Road, off Poplar on June Road, behind the Amoco station. And here's what I'm going to do for you. They have an online store as well, shopoxbow.com. Again, that's shopoxbow.com. And when you go to check out, they have a place where you can enter my promo code. My promo code is The Gabe Show, all caps, one word, The Gabe Show. And you can get 20% off your online order. So again, shopoxbow.com, enter my promo code, The Gabe Show, for 20% off. But whether you're searching for that perfect outfit, unique gifts, vintage vinyl, sports memorabilia, hunting and outdoor essentials, local Oxbow has you covered. Shop local, shop Oxbow. Now, Nick Saban brought in a guest speaker yesterday to talk to the Alabama football team. I'll let you know who that was on the other side, right here on the Gabe Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: feel as they're appointed to it.
0: They keep trying to tell me. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. During fall football camp in college, you usually get a lot of speakers that come in to talk with the team at the end of practices, at the end of the day in the team meeting. You know, in college, usually it was a lot of local guys at the University of Memphis. Isaac Bruce would come in from time to time. Obviously, Marcus Bell was still with the team, so he'd get up every once in a while and talk to us, try to give us some knowledge. But Nick Saban is going a heck of a direction here yesterday. He had Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle in the building to talk about the effects of gambling to the Alabama football team. And all I could think, Connor, when I first saw this, I said, "Nick Saban is locked in. He is ready to go. This is midseason form here for Nick Saban to bring in Charlie Hustle to talk with this to talk with his team about what could potentially happen to them if they do bet on the game, and and, and sort of how they could be outcasted that type of thing." I I, I think it's a Useful, a very useful speaker he brought in yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad idea at all. I mean, it feels like every single week for the last month or two, we are talking about some sort of scandal. Iowa, in, Iowa
0: State, right? In the NFL, right? There's been a
1: million different examples of it, and, and it seems like Pete Rose is a pretty good cautionary tale when it comes to <laughs> gambling, good. especially about your your respect. Still not sport. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah,
0: yeah. All time leader in hits is not in the Hall of Fame because of it. Like uh, the way you can get outcasted, the way you can be just castigated—yes, I, I think there's a there's a hell of a lesson to be learned there. Nick Saban, though, man, that's well done. Now, he did fly him out there on the Alabama private jet and uh, everything else. If that tells you about the amount of money that these these programs are making at this, point. would have
1: been hilarious if they made him fly coach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you think Pete Rose would be able to handle himself in coach? I don't think that would go over well.
1: I don't know. For I don't some think reason, a of, it kind of feels like natural. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Pete Rose and coach does kind of feel natural, but. He would I, get heckled to hell. He would many, get heckled How Michael like would recognize him? What? Everybody. Pete Rose? Everybody would recognize Not Pete
0: everybody, Rose. right? But a, f- <laughs> a lot of people I think, on that flight I think, would recognize Pete I, Rose. I think
1: people of a certain age would. I think most people our age would not. I don't know. I, I mean, Pete, I, would. I, I guess we I'm absolutely would. Yeah. But I think most
0: people our age would be like, "Ah, oh, it's a dude in a red hat. I guess he has been castigated where we don't know what he, I mean, it's been a while since he's been in the public light. I'll give you right. that. But if you were wondering if these uh, schools needed more money, they flew him out on a private jet and brought him in there and handled business. Probably paid pretty, pro- I would imagine paid pretty well to bring him in as a speaker.
1: So, I would like to hear what that. That
0: might cut into their lazy river fund. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe. Yeah. I would like yeah, I would like to see what that speech was though, because if I had to guess based on previous interviews and things with Pete Rose, he was definitely making his case for why he should be in the Hall of Fame though, probably in that speech. <laughs> Off top, yeah, yeah, he probably was like, Now listen, I didn't bet against my team. That's a very important that's very but important. I always bet on us to win.
0: Old, it's it's the age old question. If you're not betting on them to win with a bookie, aren't you basically betting on them to lose? Right. Yeah. Like no, you're not rid of all evil, here, <laughs> Pete. I mean, even in this day and age, it would have gone over bad. You can't bet on your team, especially when you're the damn manager. You can pull you can pull strings at that time. Like, come on, man. But I, I I thought that was a hell of a a hell of a speaker to bring in. We in Memphis, we never had that that type of high ranking uh, high ranking speaker come in. I suppose, but we had some good ones. Bruce pretty ones. good. Well, yeah. Yeah. Pete Rose. <laughs> Pete Rose is a different level now.
1: Pete Rose, that's—I mean, something. He's people, a little out there now. I bet that was—I bet it was fascinating because whatever tangents he went on during that speech had to be interesting. I will say this:
0: Pete Rose is how old now? Is he? Is he? He's certainly into his seventies, probably into his eighties, right? Let's get an age check on Pete Rose. Eighty-two. Whoa! Yeah, I can't, that's much older I can't, than I thought I he was. I can't imagine that every thought was very coherent at that point. Like <laughs> I just can't. And I've heard Pete Rose talk in the past. I don't know. But I, I think if, if he's talking about the dangers of gambling, that seems like a damn good source to uh, speak on the dangers of gambling. Now, um, I always tell you about Old Dominic. Old Dominic is fantastic. You can get a lot of different spirits from them, whether it be gin, vodka, whiskey, their Hewling Station line. Um, make sure you get to Old Dominic. It, it, all of it's made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. So it's Memphis made. I don't have to convince you to buy local. But I do want to point you in the direction of uh, Old Dominic Tennessee whiskey. It's still relatively new, but it's available to you. Distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case for whiskey since Prohibition. It's Old Dominic Memphis whiskey. The flavor profile is fantastic. Um, uh, Maple sugar charcoal distilling. So you can drink it neat. You can put it on ice. You can mix it with water. You can uh, put it in your favorite cocktail. That Old Dominic Memphis whiskey is great. And you can ask for it by name. It's your favorite locally owned restaurant, your favorite locally owned liquor store. Uh, It will be there. It will be available. But also head down to the uh, distillery Um, there in downtown Memphis. You can stop in for a great refreshing drink while you're exploring. You can join them for a tour and tasting that you can book on olddominick.com. But they have something for everyone's taste and an elevated Yet relaxed atmosphere. And you can even host a special event there, wedding or wedding reception. They have a beautiful rooftop with string lights. You will absolutely love it. And also, Old Dominic's is the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. They have two bar locations inside FedEx Forum that you need to check out, whether you're seeing a concert, whether you're watching a game, or whether you're seeing your favorite comedian. Go in there and check out Old Dominic's cocktails and those two bar locations inside FedEx Forum. Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. Now, small talk today. We're not going to go off the path of, of sports, but it is it is sports programming. We had hard knocks, episode one. We'll, we'll give you our takeaways when we return right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is brought to you by the Memphis Touchdown Club. They have their fall speaker series. It's been announced. There's eight separate speakers that you'll have a chance to go see at Hilton Memphis. For tickets, for information, go to memphistdclub.com. Calm now, Hard Knocks, episode one. I love the music. And by the way, Leo Schreiber. Hey! He made he made an appearance.
1: I got a lot of notes about him.
0: The note of the the, the voice of God made an appearance because Aaron Rodgers said he loves him. He looked kind of nervous out there. He really did. He, he, he was he was out of his element. That was his first time being I mean, he's been doing hard knocks for a long while. This was his first time being on on set, if you will, being at practice. So that was cool to see. And he pulled up in a helicopter. That was pretty
1: incredible. The helicopter the helicopter delivery of live Liv, it was fantastic. We'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and get to my notes on him real quick. All right, because, come on. Let's hear the notes. Him. Come on. Does he have the best job in Hollywood? Yeah.
0: Uh, Being yeah, the hard I'd say knocks so.
1: he's beloved. Makes he a ton makes makes of a money, money. hell of a lot of money. Probably knocks it out in like 3 days. Yeah. All probably the, so. All of it, you know, it's probably not that much work. I thought it was hilarious how Rogers wanted to meet him and he was it almost seemed like Rogers said that the Jets could do it as long as he was able to meet him. Yes. Kind of yep. is how it came off. He was it was fun to see him fanboying over him so much and telling everyone around him about everything that Leah did. And he was disappointed in those I, who weren't fans of his.
0: I did love Leah making fun of himself. He said, If I knew I was gonna be on camera like that, I would have ironed my shirt. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I, I dug that. Here's what I will say. He, Leah hey, by the way, in shape, man.
1: Looking good, good, good lord! Looking good. I mean, Great he's up actor. in He
0: said he's fifty-five. Tremendous, I mean, good
1: for him. Tremendous actor. Uh, I will say, he did say that he was ripping off his voice. Um, I like. I think his was better. They played a clip of who he says he is ripping off, but his voice is it's pretty damn good. It doesn't to, sound like that
0: though. Just speaking to other people, like he he really, I mean, he's got to get into character.
1: He probably drinks some, like, yeah, you know, drink yeah, some yeah. liquid, yeah. get it loosened up. He's an yeah. actor. He knows how um, to do voice exercise.
0: So yeah, I, I, that was cool. Uh, Salas. Robert Sala, to open the show, had his crow and eagle story. And the idea, again, Jeff brought it up earlier, uh, an eagle flies, um, and it flies majestically. And then a crow is the only other predatory bird that tries to attack it. He says, as the crow pecks at the eagle's back, the eagle doesn't fight back. It just flies higher in the air, and the crow ultimately falls off because it can't take in the oxygen. Now, Jeff and Jeffrey said they did the research on this, We've done some research of our own, Connor. We've done some research of our own, and you sent me this. Eagles can actually fly up to 10,000 to 20,000 feet above sea level. Crows can only fly 3,000 feet above sea level. So That's what Google said. It could. That's what Google said. It could potentially be true, right? I mean, I don't know. I've never seen a crow and an eagle battle it out, um, 10,000 feet above sea level, but there, there is some fact to the fact that uh, there, eagles can fly higher than crows. Long story short,
1: Robert Sala is going to be a tremendous character on this show. He really is getting getting he Campbell and Sala back to back. No one's just straight up meathead well, football guys. Well, but it's fantastic. they're
0: different. They're different. Football. Like Sala more intru- like he's 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 not as outward. He's, he's not, not as, as crazy.
1: He's not as hyper as Dan Campbell is a legit lunatic lunatic in the best way.
0: Um. Robert Sala, one of my the, the funniest things though is he, like tries to not cuss, but then he cusses at the same like he says frickin', and then he'll go to the f word so later.
1: I, we wrote this down. There was a sequence in the first episode. It was in, during halftime when he was talking yeah. to the team. He did four freaks in a row, and then dropped like three f bombs <laughs> yeah, in a row, like and then immediately went one, back. Buddy. And then immediately went back to the to the non hardcore cussing version. It's Just just pick one.
0: Just pick one. It's all right. Go with it. We got you, brother. You're good. The
1: unintentional comedy. We
0: watched Dan Campbell last year. You're fine.
1: The the unintentional comedy of this season, I think, is going to be tremendous because not only do you have Robert Sala telling an absolutely insane story about a crow and eagle that most of the room had no idea what he was talking about. There was one point they cut to Aaron Rodgers, who was like, I do ayahuasca, and I don't even know where (laughs) this guy's trying to go right now. And I love how he started the story, felt like he was losing the room, so he stopped telling the story, and then came back to it right at the end because he, he felt like he got the room back. That was tremendous. Having all gas, no break everywhere no, is such football. a football guy yep. thing. And also to abbreviate it as A-G-N-B, yep. fantastic. Yep. Absolutely fantastic work. The New Yorkers, the fan base... They were they were great. Every time they yell Rodgers, you think an insult's coming though. Yep. Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers yeah, and it's, sure. it's it's they're they're throwing admiration about, at it, but you feel like it's going to be an insult every time you hear Rodgers. Uh, what did you think of Nathaniel Hackett? He's a
0: he's a different he's a different so, cat. Here,
1: the biggest thing I took away was that Nathaniel Hackett is obsessed with Goldmember.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Austin Powers fan. That's yeah. great.
1: Unfortunate smelting accident. I yes. can definitely see though why he may not be successful as a head coach. He's a bit silly. Yeah. He's a bit silly. He's that type of guy that always feels like you have to make the well, joke. He it, never, like.
0: It feels as if the relationship him and Aaron Rodgers have. He can't really replicate that with anybody else. Right. Like Aaron Rodgers runs that relationship. It helps having right. maybe the most talented quarterback. He wears the pants. Aaron Rodgers wears the pants yeah. when it comes to I him. And the say, I I did
1: like how Rodgers went to bat for him, though. Yeah, of course. That was nice.
0: I mean, I mean that's his guy. That's his guy. Now Aaron Rodgers was the star of the show, though. Hundred percent. They are in awe of him. I like. I, listen, I know that that's how it goes. Like again, I brought it up with Jeff. Tom Brady, when he went to the Bucks, was probably not treated like Taylor Heineke. He was probably not treated like a regular old citizen, but. This was a different level. This was this was everybody on that field just looking at him and bowing to him in a way I have not seen on camera in hard knocks
1: ever. Well, it's he's by far the best quarterback we've ever had on hard knocks. Yes. Like, without a doubt. It makes the little moments about them running drills feel different when you're hearing it from Aaron Rodgers. And no offense, but it's not Jared Goff telling you what, what's happening during the drills. <laughs> right. That's pretty remarkable. He was turning – Coaches and players into fumble into children. When he was shaking their head, Todd Downing, I thought was about to like pass out when he was shaking his head. He was like, "Nice to meet you, here. This yeah, is going to yeah. be fantastic. You're going to make me look so good. Yes. Gonna, you, you could just tell that he was like just cha ching 'cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching.' Yeah, Titans that, fans that was, don't want to hear that guy. That was really fun. That. His 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 sauce gardener handshake already oh, all time. Yeah, I was I
0: was gonna bring that fantastic. up, but I, I, you know it's a little smoking, right? And then they put out the they put the butt out on somebody else. That's the end of the handshake. Very
1: good. Already an all timer. But just having Rogers on this show, it's it's incredible. It, it really is. The like I said, the basic drills have a different element with them. Some of the throws he was making, I know that we talk about it's how insane. it's fun to to go nuts over preseason tape and training camp tape. But seriously, some of the throws he was making me, were
0: That, that <laughs> kind of brought me back to college, like dealing with Paxton and Riley and how good they were. And sometimes you'd get that in, in camp and you're talking with like the uh, O-line coaches telling you, that's our guy. That's our guy. But like seeing the defensive coordinator after that last throw where he threaded the needle all the way from the right hash to the left corner of the end zone. And you hear uh, is it Jeff Olbrick yeah. who's the defensive coordinator, he goes, He's ours. He's ours. <laughs> He's ours. And then the that brought room me back a little bit. And
1: then the room applauded for him. He's right. not in the room. Right. Y'all don't have to applaud for Aaron Rodgers. It was like it was like when you see a great movie. And people applaud at the end, and you're like, who's this for? Who's this yep. for? It was incredible moment. I will say, big fan of Ulbrich. Yeah, big no, fan. I'd run through a wall for
0: that Mega guy. Make it MF for of- earn
1: every yard.
0: Yes. Pretty good. That's And, and, and I do like, he doesn't. He, he had a moment where it was the do-your-job thing, the, the Bill Belichick uh, comment. He goes, if you do your job and a little bit extra, imagine how good we'll be. So he finally, he's like, get away from that do-your-job nonsense. 31 of 32 teams go with that. This is going to be our motto. So I, I, liked, I liked the escape from that. Zach Wilson, only good play he made in the preseason was because Aaron Rodgers was in his ear saying, hey, throw it to Malik. He's in one-on-one coverage, and he runs a 4-3. I, but honestly, I'll say this: as an NFL quarterback, Zach Wilson should know that without Aaron Rodgers telling that in his ear.
1: Zach Wilson was having to practice how not to get sacked, and he's in year three. This is gonna be—he <laughs> ain't got it. He ain't got it, guys. It's, I, he's, he's a nice I don't kid. Think he does doesn't have it. Absolutely doesn't have it. A few quick notes I have: is Method Man speaking to the Jets the most New York thing to ever happen? That was great. That was fantastic. Um, anything and he, they and say a, about and Method Man with a
0: okay odds on a Bill Parcells quote coming from Method Man though at the end of practice. Odds would have been astronomical.
1: He's a philosophizer. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's okay. That's what he is. I guess so. I-, I think
1: one of my favorite moments from the show also was one of the linemen said, Anything they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV is a lie while being on TV. <laughs> yes. That was great.
0: Al-, Al Woods. Al Woods defensive
1: tackle. Just oh, I also have they they are definitely setting up the final thing I really had was they are setting up uh, Chaz Surratt as being the heartbreak cut. They are but I hope he makes it, but they're setting him up. I haven't heard of him being cut. We could have seen the no, transaction. No, def- definitely not. But it's well—they they called him a long shot in the in the commentary, which makes me nervous. But
0: but also he Robert that, Sala he got that pick though. Robert Sala he just kind of like when him. he got the pick, he's like, "I love
1: that." Y'all guy. don't even know.
0: I don't know. The yeah, coach we saw Dan Campbell say that about that. some people last year, though. The head coach may have some say in Chad Surratt staying on the team. I hope
1: so. I'm rooting for him. Yep. but tremendous episode.
0: Yeah, it was a great episode. I'm ready for episode two now. uh... We have to go ahead and get to the third hour of this show. And to start the third hour, I have some SEC, some college football, some realignment with Ty Richardson. He's next on the Gabe Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.